and welcome back to Endopod. My name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. This is the second part of our Endocrinology of Aging series. We're doing a four part series on how different glands and hormones change in our body as we age and what implications this has. In this episode, we'll be discussing how the pancreas changes as we age. The pancreas is considered both an endocrine and an exocrine gland. Interestingly, although it plays a huge role in the regulation of normal blood glucose levels, which could significantly affect our health if there are irregular levels of glucose, only 1% of the pancreas acts as an endocrine organ, releasing hormones. The remaining 99% of the pancreas acts as an exocrine organ and takes part in the digestive system through releasing digestive enzymes. As mentioned before, pancreas acts as an endocrine organ, releasing three major hormones, glucagon, insulin and stomatostatin from alpha, beta and gamma cells respectively. All of these three hormones are produced by the islet of Langerhans found inside the pancreas and when added together make up about 1-2 to two million islets, each with extensive blood supply. Two out of three hormones mentioned above are involved in the regulation of normal blood glucose levels. These hormones are insulin and glucagon and the balance between them is what brings about the control of blood glucose level. How? Insulin is released by the pancreas as a response to an increase in blood glucose levels and it acts to decrease the blood glucose levels to normal ranges. Glucagon is released when the blood glucose levels are too low and causes a net increase in the blood glucose levels in order to return them back to normal. How does each of the hormones allow changes in the blood glucose levels to occur? Let's take insulin. It, when it's produced, it binds to tyrosine kinase receptors, which phosphorylate insulin receptor substrates. Secondary messenger pathways then alter protein synthesis and existing proteins, causing membrane transport to be modified and thus stimulating anabolism and inhibiting catabolism. In muscle and adipose tissues, when insulin is released, GLUT4 transporters are stimulated and migrate to the membrane and where it is then able to transport the glucose into the cell. After the levels of insulin decrease, GLUT4 transporter proteins return to the cytoplasmic pool and the cycle is repeated. On the other hand, glucagon will raise the blood glucose levels by stimulating catabolism and inhibiting anabolism. Glucagon is considered to be a glucose mobilizing hormone acting mainly on the liver cells. The actions of glucagon are to increase glycogenolysis and gluconeogenesis, and also to form ketones from fatty acids. Race, genetic predisposition, obesity and ageing are considered significant factors in increasing the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. In today's podcast, we will focus on why ageing is considered one of the main risk factors, for type 2 diabetes development. In type 2 diabetes, there is an uncontrolled increase in blood glucose levels because of insulin resistance or decreased insulin production. As a person ages, their cells become less sensitive to insulin production changes, which is most likely caused from a reduction of insulin receptors on the surface of cells. Aging insulin-producing beta cells also become less sensitive to changes in the blood glucose levels which means that for the same insulin to be produced in an older person compared to a younger person, the levels of glucose must be much higher. In addition, in aging cells, they become less responsive to insulin, therefore the pancreas will perceive this as not enough insulin present in the blood, which leads to the pancreas producing and releasing more insulin, and therefore 
increasing the level of blood insulin above normal, leading to what we call hyperinsulinemia. Aging also influences the number of beta cells. It causes an increased rate of apoptosis in beta cells and more exhaustion, leading to a lower level of insulin production and secretion. To be more specific, it is said that insulin secretion depletes by 0.5% per year of life. Lower insulin levels circulating in the blood could also be linked to a higher rate of insulin clearance by the liver cells, and so less promotion of glucose uptake which is normally stimulated by insulin. An interesting finding from a study that was conducted showed that fasting blood glucose levels rise by around 0.15 millimoles per litre for each decade of life after the age of 20. This is seen in many adults without any other symptom of diabetes, and it thus raises a question of whether this is happening due to age alone or as part of early development of diabetes. As all organs in our body, the pancreas serves an extremely important role in allowing our bodies to function properly by regulating the levels of blood glucose through release of glucagon and insulin. Insulin lowers blood glucose levels and is released to stimulate when blood glucose levels rise. Glucagon is responsible for raising the blood glucose levels and is released when blood glucose levels are below the normal. Maintenance of homeostatic blood glucose levels, which vary between 4.2 to 6.3 millimoles per litre, is an example of negative feedback. As we age, homeostatic levels change due to loss of normal function of cells responsible for the release of insulin and glucose and their metabolism, and this dyshomeostasis is the reason for frailty seen in aging populations. It leads to severe, uh, several dysfunctions of cells, including loss of insulin-producing beta cells, increased apoptosis of beta cells, and decreased uptake of glucose by liver cells. All of these factors cause an abnormal increase in the blood glucose levels, which in turn makes aging one of the main risk factors that can lead to the development of type 2 diabetes. Thank you for listening to this episode and make sure to give us a follow and share our podcast. Follow us on our social media to keep up to date with everything we do. As always, we're very grateful for the support we're receiving and make sure to tune in next Sunday for the next part of our Endocrinology of Aging series. Before I go, I want to say a big thank you to Teresa Taku, our second year rep who is involved in the making of this episode. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier signing off. Disclaimer. Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society is a student-led organisation and the content provided through Endopod is solely for informative purposes. This does not replace the advice of a doctor or any other healthcare professional. The medical students involved in the making of this episode are in the second and third year all through medical studies. All the information provided was researched on appropriate resources and to see them please check the episode description. Thank you.